Aaron. He's a Wall Street investor, financier. He's invested in real estate, but he's also an animal advocate. And this man comes to my community and thinks he's going to represent me. I, I'm so disgusted. I'm a business guy. I've done private equity for 11 years in New York. I have made a career in signing the front of checks, not the back. He was able to become the American dream. President Trump showed he can do it. I understand what he did and how he did it. Trump Organizations, it's a global organization. I, I've had the privilege of doing business with you guys in the past. I'm a regular guy. I am self-made. Proud of that. Proud of the success I've had in my career. Is there anything you have to say to New Yorkers who feel disappointed that you were not truthful in your biography? The silence is deafening. Welcome to Frosters Season 4, George Santos. Let's go. Welcome to Fraudsters, the podcast that gives you the scams you love from the fraudsters we hate. I'm your co-host, Cena Gassidy, along with Ariel Lieti and Justin Williams. Guys, I came camera ready for George Santos today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Incredible. You look so good. I put on a little, a little jacket, a little tie. I got my bright red pants on today that were actually gifted to me by Supreme Leader Henry Zabrowski. So I am wearing the boss's pants today. So Yeah, you look like a gay congressman. You're really doing it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just in time for Pride. Such a Just big fan. in time. This is how I am celebrating Pride already. My hair can slick back now because I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm almost 40, I guess. It's getting there. <laughs> I don't know. God, this is so funny. I, I couldn't I couldn't do this episode without putting on a little bit of a little bit of the character because yeah. this man, he deserves he deserves the fraud respect if there is if there is such a thing. Can we get the rights to I'm every woman for this one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is I tell you, this man is insane. Welcome. But this is the, the, we're starting season four off with a bang. This is my favorite thing. This is my, going to be my favorite episode. I already feel it in my heart, my soul. I love his commitment to fraud. It's yeah. incredible. It's a commitment. This, it's the, uh, people think Trump has lied. No. It's, Trump is like a fucking choir board compared to this guy. Because Trump has lied, but it, you could tell their lies, right? These are like, yeah, these are yarns. He, he, he builds this world for you. And you're like, yeah, I believe that. I'm into that. Yeah. yeah, Trump's lies are based like somewhat in truth. He's just like, Trump has money, but Trump will just say he's worth more money. Mm -hmm. Or like yeah. Trump has a penis. He'll say that he has the biggest penis. Right. George <laughs> Santos will just say some stuff that, that never occurred anywhere in reality. And he's like, <laughs> but it sounds true. You're like, I have no and reason to believe it's not true. Yeah. And at a velocity that we've never seen before. Yes. And like the it's just velocity. It's, that's and it. that's why this what you'll see and hear in this series is constant lies. Lies that don't even have a through line. Yeah. Right? Like Justin <laughs> said, there's at least with Trump, there's a through line of like I have money, but then I have even more money. You we can't even figure out the thread with this guy. 
Yeah. And that's the beauty. It's like even rappers have more verifiable claims in their lyrics than George <laughs> Santos. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I'm so happy that we're back. Season four. We're starting with George Santos. Let's get into it here. Congressman George Santos represents parts of Queens and Long Island. And honestly, there's so much more to him than being just a congressman. Maybe you think you know the whole story from just reading Twitter or the news or whatever, but you don't. Maybe you've disassociated from him because you are Santos intolerant. Today, we will tell you the full story of the star of George of the Bungle. A man who has done more with the delete key than anyone else in history. A man whose lies were bigger than his mouth. You might have heard the news of him being indicted in both the U.S. and Brazil. See? Very special, this man. (laughs) The man became the first non-incumbent, openly gay Republican to ever win a seat in the House. Special. The seat he won had been blue since its inception in 2001. Special. And he did it all without being the least bit likable. This is godlike. <laughs> I mean, the, just what I rattled off there alone, openly gay to everyone a seat in the House, Republican, right? And then a solidly blue district, and then hated the whole time. Well, you know, but Queens and Long Island, though, it's like, those are, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's, he's, he's perfect for like uh, New York, where it's like, he's gay, so that makes us not look... Like we're reactionary, but he has to have like a bunch of reactionary policies. It's like yeah. the same. It's like it's like Eric Adams. It's like, well, uh, the, he's a black cop, so the fact that he's basically governing New York City as like the governor of Kentucky uh, makes yeah. him somehow like acceptable. Cop city. I mean, the frauds are plentiful with George Santos. His lies are epic. They just pour out of him. They pool at his feet. They crawl up his legs and burrow into his back and midsection only to reemerge out of his mouth bigger and stronger than ever before. <laughs> it's like Quacho from, uh, <laughs> what was the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Where he's on the, ter- oh, uh, Total Recall. Total Recall. Open your mind. Open your mind. Santos, born July 22nd, 1988, grew up in Queens with his sister, raised by their single mother who worked cooking, cleaning, and nanny jobs. That's right. The woman who raised George Santos was out raising other people's kids, too. Watch out, New York. His dad was a painter of some sort, but as far as I know, was never really in the picture. Santos went to regular Queens public schools. Elementary school was PS120 and middle school at IS125, neither of which is important enough to even have a Wikipedia page. (laughs) According to the scant reporting on any part of the first two decades of his life, his mother left him and his sister in 1999 to move back to Brazil. Then George Santos, the story, jumps nine years to when he and his sister moved to Brazil. Okay, Santos is 20 by then. They move in with their mom again in 2008. And we have no clue what happened to him between 1999 and 2008. I mean, presumably he was in middle school during Y2K, but we have no idea where he was living or who was raising him. Wow. He's just like Jesus, yo. (laughs) (laughs) We know know what high schools he didn't go to, namely Horace Mann Prep, which he said he did. But we have no record of him ever setting foot in any real high school. Guys, (laughs) This, like, for everyone, we've been able to pinpoint some of this basic youthful information. Yeah. 
But this is the only stuff we, it should be easier. Should be. Should be. But you it know what? Ha- He's a man of mystery. I would love it if I could get a job without ever, like people have no, having no idea what I did from like 1999 to 2000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's this gap in your resume? Oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. I was fighting for America. I was in Brazil. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah, I wasn't even in this country. <laughs> I was in Brazil doing things. <laughs> you wouldn't understand. It's incredible because he's literally made up 10 times as much info about this period of his life than we actually know. So it's just weird that there's a gap. But uh, let, let's get into some of the hits that people may have known, right? He's got a lot of names. And he has this interview that he did with Pierce Morgan, who I, I just, I can't stand Pierce Morgan. But you know what? Yeah, he's brutal. The clock is right twice a day, mm-hmm. right? A broken clock yeah, a broken is clock. right twice right. One, yeah. Once so, tw- what twice? I mean, so many times. Fuck this. Yeah, fuck <laughs> this guy. But but you know, he has a good clip here. Let's let's play it. Well, even a garbage can gets a steak. <laughs> Who is the real George Santos? So it's a it's a great question. My name is George Anthony Devolder Santos. Pretty long name. Um, and I've gone by Anthony my entire life almost because my mother called me Anthony. I was her chosen name, dispute of parents of what to name the child. So I ended up with two first names, two last names. But George Santos is, I'm just a regular person, Pierce. I'm flawed like every other human being. I've made mistakes. I've made strides. I've accomplished something that not many people are able to accomplish, which is to come from abject poverty and be able to make something and work something out for themselves. I love watching him talk. He is a (laughs) Mannequin. I need you guys to understand. Not a, there is not a wrinkle on that face. Totally mattified. Whoever's doing his makeup, incredible job. Just an icon. An icon living. Huge fan. As, as they would say in the black ballroom community, his makeup is so good, his face is beat to yes, death. Yes, his face is beat to death. That's 100% what it is. Yeah, so his name is George Anthony DeVolder Santos. And for most of his life, he went by, you guessed it, Anthony DeVolder. He's also gone by George DeVolder, but he's never gone by Anthony Santos. That we know. He found his line. Never Anthony Santos. No Tony Santos, which I think is my favorite person. <laughs> it's so funny. I, I bet you he went by George uh, Santanopoulos when he was in a <laughs> Queens. Yeah, I'm sure of it. <laughs> so we heard this one, of course. He claimed to be Jewish and said his grandmother escaped the Holocaust. There's a... <laughs> Jesus Christ. (laughs) There's a great CNN clip on this. Look, uh, as I always joke, I'm (laughs) Jew-ish. Oh, man. Ew. Yeah, I mean, he found a way to to get around it. Gotta respect it. I mean, what a loophole. I'm Jew-ish. Me too. I had a bagel once. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let's play the next clip. I'm very proud of my my grandparents' story. My grandfather fleeing uh, Ukraine, fleeing Stalin's persecution, going to to Belgium, finding refuge there, marrying my grandmother, then fleeing Hitler, going to 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 Brazil. That's a story of 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 perseverance. I'm every woman. It's all in me. I've been rich, been poor, I've been Jewish, I've been Greek. <laughs> this it. is him. Yeah. yeah. So he's Catholic. 
He's always been Catholic. <laughs> Everybody in his family is Catholic. All of that didn't stop him from being billed as Jewish at the Republican Jewish Conference in 2022. What the fuck? Incredible. It, it, it's so his story is so funny in the way that Republicans uh, theoretically, or they say they hate affirmative action, and this guy is just pressing every affirmative action uh, <laughs> button, and that's how he completely advances himself. He's like, what? Whatever minority narrative has power, he's like, I'm also that. Did y'all? T- I'm, a, I'm a gay Jew, Hispanic that uh, loves America. I cannot <laughs> wait till it comes out that he's not gay. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's just got banging Brazilian. He's with Giselle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But it's so weird. He would say this. I grew up fully aware that my grandparents were Jewish, came from a Jewish family, and they were refugees in Brazil. That that was always the story I grew up with, and I've always known it very well. It's not, and he doesn't. I mean, it's mm. pretty clear. And also, when it comes to people fleeing the Holocaust uh, to countries like Brazil, it's not the people you think <laughs> that went there and being. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't know if you're confusing the sides. Yeah. of that war. Yeah, <laughs> actually, my grandfather was a Nazi war criminal that changed his name <laughs> to Santos. And here we are to this day. <laughs> oh, here's another. Um, oh God, here's another one where he's talking about how proud he is of his family. I'm so proud to be able to keep our family going forward and showing that not only did we survive, but now I'm able to go advocate and fight for other Jewish people. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, think <it> was. <laughs> I mean, now he's king of the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> oh, heavenly Jesus. And then he jokes about Jews in, in this clip. Oh my God! You sit in a room with a lot of Jews. You're. <laughs> it's just. It, it, it's funny when the isms start coming out, right? Oh, she. Yeah, he's such a bad. She's such a bad child. And they go on to the next thing. It's like, it, oh, that's a point. So they think it's really bad. But anyway. Uh, that's again another piece of this. These new tapes you've recorded. So he's saying this to you, talking about a quote room full of Jews. Then you're really blanked. Um, tell us about this. Yeah, so, you know, it came up when I talked to him. I'm from that district, so that's why I kind of had this interest um, in, the, in the story. In the first place, I knew a lot of the players involved, and I thought I, I could bring kind of an interesting perspective to this crazy story. And so I came in, and we talked about the fact that I was from the district, and, you know, the, it's well documented that he's talked about being Jewish. <laughs> and that came up, and he asked me about that. And I honestly think, Ari, that he believes these things that he says, and he believes that he is Jewish. He said it enough times. He talked about some of his ancestry. Um, he has said before that he would get a 23andMe test, but that has not yet happened. So we'll see. <laughs> um, and I think that he was honestly telling the story almost as if he was part of the in-group, as if he were hmm. Jewish and talking about the culture in that way. That was my read on it. <laughs> I mean. Here's one Jewish word one time and just <laughs> goes for it. This is like Tropic yeah. Thunder. Yes. Oh, my God. It's just like that. <laughs> I'm just a dude playing a dude who's playing another dude. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so troubling. I mean, by the way, that was uh, Ari Melber's show on MSNBC. Um, and I just don't know how you're able to continue. I guess you really do have to continue to, to convince yourself that you are Jewish. It's a high stakes lie, too. I mean, it's like 
if you're like claiming Jewishness and you don't speak like a word of like Yiddish or Hebrew in yeah. New York, <laughs> like just um, nobody, nobody called you out on any of this. And there's no bar mitzvah. <laughs> you've, you've like never been to a Seder dinner. Like it's like, you can't just like, like that means like there's just, he's, he's successfully avoided like all follow up. Right. Yeah. But he knows the word yeah. mensch, Justin. Yeah. Well, that's like New York. So that's the funny thing is like everybody in New York is like, kind of Jewish in the fact that you know what a putz is, you know what a minch is, you know, like we all know, well, like we, we all know like seven words. Yeah. I mean, it <laughs> there's just that great watch cur- like curb your enthusiasm. Yeah. I was just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it just proves that he's watched curb. There's, we have yeah, all he, seen curb before. <laughs> there's that curb where Larry's like with the guy, the guy's in his office and the guy's like, Oh, look, And Larry's like, this guy's Jewish. And then he starts inviting him to all these Jewish things then finds out that he's not Jewish. And he's just <laughs> saying the words, yeah. but he doesn't, tell anyone that he's not Jewish. He lets everyone kind of believe that he's Jewish. <laughs> hey, look who's here. Hello, Berg. How you feeling? I'm feeling okay. Mm-hmm. So, Berg, I was talking to Cheryl, and she told me that a friend of hers went to high school with you. Really? Yes. I believe the name of the high school was uh, St. Christopher's. St. Christopher's, that's correct. That is, that is huh? my alma mater, yes. Didn't know that uh, they took Jews at St. Christopher's. Oh, well, they don't. I mean, why would they, you know? Oh, I'm not, I'm not Jewish. Oh, you're not. Did you think I was Jewish? <laughs> yes, I did. Because of Berg. Yes, because of because Berg. Because of Berg, yes. Yeah. I've often wondered, you know, would people really think that? Yes, and, and you did nothing to perpetuate that, did you? Well, no, I mean, well, I'm, I'm not sure what you mean. Oh, how about on my birthday? Muzzle tub, Larry. Well, you're Jewish. Yeah. Uh, respectful. On the, on the high holy days, I said, hey, you going to Templeburg? And you went, no. Right, because I'm, I'm not Jewish, so yeah. why would I go to Templeburg? Right, like, I'm a Jew, but not a practicing Jew. Oi, Larry with this. Oi, again, see? Here's what else he also let people believe. <laughs> was that his mom was a victim of 9 11? Let's that settle in, folks. Oh my God. This one came out so gradually. That, that's why the lie sucks so hard. It was just a throwaway tweet that his mother had died in 9 11 at first. Then he clarified in a radio interview that no, in fact, she had died from 9 11. Let's play the clip. <laughs> we live in a constant. Uh, terror threat in New York. It's a daily occurrence. The terror unit, I mean, I have a couple <laughs> of friends who work there, they get terror threats every single day in It's just New York. a norm there. It's a norm. Wow. And they're running towards danger on a daily basis. I appreciate them. And I, I know I speak for a large majority of New Yorkers who appreciate them and respect them in law enforcement oh, across this country. Sure. But the policies instilled by the New York City Council, by the mayor of, this, uh, of New York City, and the governor, both former Andrew Cuomo and Kathy Hochul are just anti-police. Sure. The police, <laughs> they have no qualified immunity anymore. They're being targeted by vandals. They're, the people they bring in now can go ahead and pull up their record and go to their house where they have their, <laughs> their, their spouses with their kids at home sleeping, and only God knows what can be happening to them now. Yeah. They, these, these men and women yes. are living in fear with, with what's, going, what's going on. Uh, let me just say, I've seen a lot of reports where ISIS is uh, specifically targeting New York PD. ISIS really has a problem with New York City Police Department. (laughs) 
Yeah, they don't want the World Trade Center. They want a, a guy that makes $45,000 a year and lives in Bay Ridge. Yeah, don't forget the OT. That's like another 100K in OT. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. what I want, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, th- I think when people say how bad NYPD has, it's like they can't even kill black people anymore on camera. <laughs> <laughs> now you got to turn off your camera. Oh, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> They can't even ram a SUV through like <laughs> a bunch of hippies without uh, some news network reporting. Some woke it. news network. <laughs> In the good old days, this would never have happened. All right, let's can't, continue. Can't even pepper spray a girl's eyeball from Iowa who's trying to like help her black and Latino neighbors. Uh, like John Stewart trying to fight for the healthcare rights of those that were affected by 9-11. The fact that we're still having to deal with this kind of garbage. I mean, to me, I don't know if it's a national thing or if it's just specific to New York. It's just sad that that's a battle we have to have just to properly take care of such heroes that we see of people coming out of New York City. Andy, my mom was a 9-11 survivor. (laughs) She was in the South Tower. um, And she made it out. She got caught up in the ash cloud. My mom fought cancer till her death. Oh, my gosh. Um, My mom passed away in 2016. (laughs) She never applied for relief because her, her motto was, I Don't leave a paper it. trail. Unfortunately, <laughs> we can take yeah. care of all our, our medical bills. If I take it, I'm taking it away from these men and women who need it and who <laughs> put their lives on the line. And the uh, only reason they stop it right there. I can't. <laughs> Nobody, nobody in the history of government benefits has ever said I shouldn't apply for this money because it might take <laughs> it away from a low-paid civil servant. <laughs> well, because he goes back and forth between saying the parents were rich and not rich, so maybe at this point the the mom was well off. I like it that we, we're like like ten minutes into this show, <laughs> and nine and nine eleven is the only the <laughs> second worst thing his family. He's like we're up tragedies. to Annie, dude. Yeah. <laughs> My grandfather was on the Titanic, and before Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, <laughs> what a also that motto incredibly long. It's yeah. like a th- who has a three sentence motto? Yeah, that is a long motto. My motto is I can afford it. I'm fortunate. <laughs> I've got money. My whole family came from money. We got it. That's that is too long to put on a t shirt for sure. <laughs> I love. Yeah, it's just like Queens and Long Island too. This is like. This in like North Jersey, these are all, these are, this is pension land. These are all yeah. people that are living off of tax dollars in one way or another, as much as they try to pretend that they're, you know, that they're the, the, the these self-made people. So the idea that this mom is like, well, I wouldn't want to live off the government like literally every other public school teacher, <laughs> cop and firefighter that makes up the border of Queens and Long Island. <laughs> The people that get the most from the government always are the ones that end up getting the most angry at government. But oh yeah, that's for another show. That's what I say. That yeah, you'll hear like Long Island's the place where they talk about the government's too big, and it's like, what do you do for a living? It's like I'm a firefighter and I make two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then there's the uh, prep school that he attended. No, he didn't go to Horace Mann High School in the Bronx. Elliot Spitzer went there. James Murdoch went there, or Roman Roy, if you're a fan of Succession. Uh, he went there. <laughs> Jack Kerouac went there. But George Santos did not. He went to PS-122 and IS-125. And neither of those are even high schools. He never graduated, no matter where he actually went. He did later earn his GED. 
So that kind of feeds into the claim of like, like he was just out there in them streets for years yeah, and, or streets. doing whatever. Good chance, Congressman, to just try and work out where the truth lies. Because why not? Um, there's a claim that you said you attended the Horace Mann School in the Bronx, New York, during your first years of high school. The had Bronx? To leave, uh, in your senior year because your parents fell on hard times in 2008. Is that true? Did you attend that school? I attended it for a brief period of time and then went back to the public school system and then dropped out of the public school system and attained a GED. I was always very truthful of not completing high school due to financial difficulties. With I, sp- I mean, a spokesman for the school told CNN there's no record of you ever attending. Why would that be? Uh, I, I challenge to see what, they're, what name they're looking under. If you look at my entire history of education, it was not under the name George Santos. So I just, what, what name did you attend that school? Uh, a, a variation. It was either George DeVolder or Anthony DeVolder. I don't know. Yes. I was a minor. I don't know which but way. CNN, I believe, checked all the variants of the names that you've used, and there was no record the school could find of you ever attending. I was there for six months of ninth grade. In what year so, would that have been? Uh, anyone? 2000. <laughs> Why did anyone mention Four. a school they only went so to? So for six, six months, months you were grade. indisputably at the Horace yes. Mann School. In the and, then moved into, and then moved into the public system. And then in 2006, I attained a GED due to just circumstances. Why, why, why would the school not be able to find a record of I don't know. Uh, what I don't what know. name should they be looking for? I would say George DeVolder. That's how, I, that's how it's on my uh, GED certificate. You've gone on the George DeVolder, Anthony DeVolder. Well... Th- Officially, the only two names I've ever used on documentation has been George DeVolder or George Santos. Oh, interesting. <laughs> officially. Officially. <laughs> two, two different official names. It's not suspicious. Oh, my God. Officially. It's, he didn't go by Tony Santos. I love the Republican Party, dude. It's incredible. Yeah, they just do whatever they want. They just do whatever they want. Like, this is outrageous. <laughs> this, guy's, this guy made it to Congress and they didn't even kick him out. This is like uh, like the hatred of Democrats in this country is so powerful. <laughs> like this is a disgrace. Like there's not like th- there's no way any of this should have ever happened. No, not even close. Even his claim to have grown up in a basement apartment in Jackson Heights, Queens was a lie. He lived there for the first four months of his life, but he grew up in an apartment on the second floor in Rigo Park. <laughs> Who could have possibly cared about this unnecessary detail? This is what, like, oh. true OG fraudsters do so well. They lie about the small stuff. And it's also Jackson Heights roots him firmly in uh, the immigrant story of upward mobility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ja- 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 yeah, Jackson Heights is like... Pulled up by my bootstraps. Yeah, Jackson Heights is like the neighborhood of, like, who's going to be running America in 30 years? Just check out Jackson Heights. <laughs> no idea what name he used at any of these schools Seems strange. Also, the assumption that CNN, no matter what you feel about them, would what? Only search one name and not search the other variations of the name? All 10 different variations of your name, yes. And I also love the idea of a school who's like, primary purpose is like tracking children yeah we just like not have records for a child <laughs> like that's like their one thing they do is keep track of children they lost it <laughs> another weird lie was that he had a volleyball career at baruch college completely made up <laughs> both volleyball which is so weird and baruch college enrollment yeah why <laughs> he didn't go to high school so he definitely get in, didn't get into baruch Ralph Lauren and the WeWork creator Adam Newman went there. Martin Shkreli went there. Jennifer Lopez even went there. But George Santos did not go there. He is actually Georgie from the block, though. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> he claimed to have gotten a bachelor's degree in economics and finance. When you're lying about everything else, why not throw in a double major? Like, not even a minor, but like two very aggressive majors. Why not? No, but but it's smart. It's like an alien. It, what, what this guy is, he's an alien that figures out all the, the things that America likes. It's like, it likes an immigrant upward mobility yeah. story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It likes uh, someone who's trained in economics and finance, right? It's like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's very much like if, you know, if you had an alien observer, it was like, how do I win office in New York? And it's like, touch on these themes. And, and there's a awareness that Republicans or the Republican Party are desperate for one of them yeah. to be on their team, right? If all of us on this show started espousing the same views as him, they would, they, we would be, each of us would be in Congress. We'd right go now. viral first. Yeah that's, yeah. that's the Republicans, like, you know, that's their kind of like weakness, right? Is that they'll take anybody and they'll just stay with somebody, you know, they'll just, you know, a guy tries to overthrow the government and stuff. They're just like, he's still our nominee. <laughs> they stand by their man. That sounds, uh, you know what? I should be a Republican. This sounds like me. I'm a stick beside him. <laughs> Democrats weakness is like, uh, we will destroy anybody who's on our side that does something slightly wrong. And they're actually apologetic about it. Cause that's who we have power over. Like it's better yeah. to be. So it's like better to just be a monster <laughs> because there's no, they can't take anything from you when you're a monster in this environment. You know, it's like it's like our weakness. You know, it's like liberal. apologizing in politics has has been the worst thing for any politician that has done it. Yeah, well, because no one will accept a sincere apology. Like if somebody really yeah. came out and said, like, uh, you know, I, I messed up. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to learn from this. You know what I mean? And I'm just going to do better. Uh, there's just like a segment. It's not everybody. Most people would be fine, but there's a segment of the internet that sees that as weakness. Yeah. <laughs> like, there, like, there, like there's a columnist at like Jezebel that's not going to let it go. <laughs> and actually there's going to be an article critiquing the tone in which you apologized yeah. that mm. shows that you uh, really don't mean, you know what I mean? It will go, it will go into different levels. It'd be like, I can't believe you wore blue. When you apologize, blue. Oh, they'll get like a persuasion or a micro expression expert to come on and be like, look at the way the eyes are, are pointed. Yeah. I'm very much like, like, I won't accept the apology unless it's like someone coming out saying, I have sinned. <laughs> I have sinned. That's the only yeah. way that I will accept your apology. I need you to get up on a pulpit and say yeah, you like have sinned. There will be blood. I would like a gospel apology. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I abandoned my boy. <laughs> I abandoned my child. <laughs> All right, let's go. So Pierce Morgan crack reporting here uh, and interviewing from Pierce Morgan. Let's go back to him. Ugh, I hate that we're playing so much Pierce Morgan, but it's good. Uh, that attained a college education. That was that was oh. that regrettably so is one of my biggest uh, uh, regrets in life. So that that was a lie. Absolutely, and I admitted to it, and I've. I've made peace with the fact that I made a bad choice in making that decision. It wasn't easy. Well, what's the simple explanation for why you made, why would you lie about something like that? Expectation yeah. on society, the pressure, couldn't afford it, uh, decided I wanted to run for office, although I had built a very credible business career, and I just didn't have that. <laughs> oh, here we go. I'm still gonna hold on to that fake career. That hold, hold on to that. <laughs> Did you hold not on. think that you'd be cool? You know, I just went with it. I, I didn't think, I mean, if you're going to make up a lie, are you thinking at all? 
I just think it was a stupid decision in my part. Very stupid decision that I regret every day. I mean, especially because I can, so, I'm sorry to cut you off, but especially because mm-hmm. I can prove the chops and the backing without the education. But this stems more deeper into the political apparatus and the political culture of New York State. And that would take a lot more time than this right. program to go over to explain. No, but no, that's no. Where, I, 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 that's I can imagine. Listen, from. I understand the desire to want to be more impressive with your record than you are. I, I'm bemused <laughs> that you would be naive enough to think that Oops. you could run as a politician in New York in particular and not expect to get what happened to you, which is a massive comeuppance when they discover this stuff isn't true. Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> okay, stupid. You know what else is stupid? That he also claimed he'd have an MBA at NYU, right? He claimed these after his win. And he hadn't just gone there. He excelled there. In fact, he was in the top 1% of his class, summa cum laude. <sighs> You know what's funny though, uh, and this would be a right wing uh, thing if like if they even listen to other people at this point anymore. But uh, it, 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 there is a little bit of overlap between the lies he's telling and and lies Joe Biden has actually told <laughs> in his political career. Yeah, uh, Joe Biden, like uh, you know, a piece of his dissertation was plagiarized. Uh, but but he actually dropped out of it. It, it cost him an entire presidential campaign. Like that's like a contextual yeah. difference. But then uh, uh, Joe Biden also he kind of kind of claims he got arrested with Nelson Mandela. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. that. It's like that's like not true at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Granddad on the Boondocks he used to lie and say he, he was friends with Martin Luther King. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. The, the good thing about Joe Biden though is that for every one of those he lies, he has a story that sounds like it is totally made up. And then it ends up being true because he actually did fight a man named Corn Pop with a straight razor. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say the Corn Pop one is the most absurd. <laughs> and it's totally true. Like the newspa- newspaper in Delaware was like, yep, Corn Pop was totally a gang member. He looked exactly as Joe Biden described him. He totally hung out at that pool. Joe Biden was totally a lifeguard at that pool. Uh, he was known to carry a straight razor. Uh, you know, Corn Pop died in his 80s, you know. That's such an old man a memory. Gang, gangsta life. That is like something my dad, my dad has a photographic memory about shit like that too. Be like, yeah, my, my boy, my boy booty head used to fight me on the basketball court. And be like, that can't be true. And then he finds said booty head and he verifies the story. He's like, he's like a father. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a dad now. It happened That's when they were Congressman six. booty head yeah. to you. <laughs> so true. Wait, can you be a summa cum laude with just a 3.89? I feel like you got to have a like a 4.0. I don't know. 3.89. <laughs> like it's also lying about the CUNY system is also another lie cuz it's upward mobile. CUNY is like the number one engine of social mobility like in higher education in the whole country. Is NYU um, part of the CUNY system? No, they're private. They're private, right? Yeah, yeah. No, nothing nothing there is no there is no other entity in America that will take people from all corners of the world and turn them into middle-class Americans in CUNY. There we go. Yeah. So that, that's know? also why, that's why Baruch becomes like, Oh, I see. Part of his, his thing. Like, cause it's, it's the reason why you don't lie. Like, and that's, that's why you say MBA at NYU, you worked your way up from the CUNY system oh. into NYU. Uh, see, it's an, an like upward mobility story. The, the thread now that's developing, I think is, is way clearer now. Right. Like the here is how he's telling the movie screenplay of his life. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. I would have picked a different sport, but maybe volleyball is like 
subtle enough yeah. and uh, for people to ignore. It's like a thing. It's a thing you would you could lie about easily because no one's checking for volleyball. People are checking for baseball yeah. or football or whatever, but no one's checking for volleyball. This is so smart. It's it sounds legit. And it's it, CUNY's also it's like Division three sports, so they're yeah. pretty scant records of probably Division three, you know, New York City League volleyball on the Man. internet. Listen, if you're on the Baruch volleyball team, I know we apologize. Hit us up. We love we you. Like we, I don't want to sound like volleyball doesn't matter. Volleyball matters, but it matter. Yeah, no one's really checking for you though. To be honest with you, but we love you yeah. anyway. You're not like the USC women's team no. as far as attendance. <laughs> he did add that. Oh, see, this is the other thing. When you're specific, and we've had this all the way back to Ponzi, when he would write the fake check and he would write a very specific number and not a round number. With his volleyball thing, Santos went as far to say that he had knee replacement surgery because he balled so hard in volleyball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, well, that's, that's also, if you're familiar with the kidney system, you know that's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like division three there's no i was balling so hard i had to get my knee that's that's that's, that's also, high level division two division but one justin he said he was on a volleyball scholarship mm, yes obviously so he admitted all these were lies now finally oh, he did. i don't know whether they i don't know whether they give uh athletic scholarships uh we'd have to check into to that because that might be a lie even Considering, I mean, I don't know why he even lied about this stuff, considering how wealthy he claimed his family was eventually. I mean, they they apparently owned a home on Nantucket. Hmm. (laughs) Uh, Let's go back to Pierce, where he asked Santos um, why he lied, if he really thought no one was going to find out about this shit. Wanting to be like a reality TV no, star. No, no, I understand. Right? You know, if you, if you were going on Celebrity Apprentice, which I went on, right, it doesn't matter. You can embellish stuff about yourself. Nobody cares, right? But to run for Congress of the United States and to just tell blatant lies about even your academic record, I'm just struck, not necessarily that a politician would lie, but that you would think no one would find out. Well, I'll, I'll humor you this. I ran in 2020 for the same exact seat. Um, for Congress. And I got away with it then. And I guess... <laughs> oh, my God! It's Stupid. lit. Let's so fucking thought, go. Actually, they don't, they're not going to find out. No, I didn't think so. But to, to that effect, um, it's an embarrassing. It's, it's humbling to have to admit your Is faults it? as a human mm-hmm. being. And I, you know, I, I wish... Genuinely, if the media put the equal amount of efforts and resources, and and I'm not saying this Mm. as villainizing the media, but just let's keep it fair. On all 435 members of the House and 100 members of the Senate, I think the American people would have more clarity of who represents them in Congress. I'm not saying, I'm not pointing... I would say, listen, I think the media, both at local level and national level, have pretty well been forensic about everyone that's in Congress, right? I mean, maybe not to quite the degree you've had to sustain it because they knew with you they had basically a wounded animal and if they kept going long enough, they'd probably find a load more. Right, you know, it's human nature. Right, why are you looking at me? It's because I'm Puerto Rican? Yeah. Because I'm a black man. Because I'm a Puerto Rican Jew from New York City? Whose parents died in the 9-11 Holocaust. Both of them. Oh. <laughs> Both parents. And all my siblings. We have a house on Nantucket, but for some reason I'm in the CUNY system. A place where <laughs> nobody who's ever owned a house, no one who's ever been to Nantucket is a CUNY student. 
seems like all working class people. Like is he's, he's like, but it's pleasing both audiences, like the upper mobility. But I'm also part of the finance crowd because yeah. I know what I know what Nantucket is. Mm. Even his claim to have grown up in a basement apartment in Jackson Heights, Queens, was a lie. He lived there for the first four months of his life, but he grew up in an apartment on the second floor in Rego Park. Who could have possibly cared about this unnecessary detail? No, no, Jackson Heights is more, it's more strongly affiliated with uh, immigrant upward mobility. That's why. It's like, that's yeah. what that neighborhood is like known for. But at this point, nothing we've talked about has been criminal per se. Lying about your education may get you fired, but it can't get you locked up, right? Well, not a regular job, but when you hold national office, you have to submit legal forms citing your whole resume. In that case, the lies could be criminal. But more on that later. Let's go to a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the best part of George Santos. Welcome back. Where does the criminal element enter George Santos's life? We could assume the way he operated in his 20s and 30s was already present in his teen years, but we actually don't know that for sure. His mother moved back to Brazil in 99, and George moved to Brazil in 2008, like we discussed. That means from ages 11 to 20, George Santos was who the fuck knows? Like, seriously, I don't even know. Someone tell me. If you're out there and you know, if you hung out with him, if you were at the club with him during those years, you need to let me know. No <laughs> articles on the internet gave me this info. Whatever the reason, when he was 20, he and his sister moved to Brazil to move back in with their mom. I assume he and his sister had been living together in Queens until Brazil, the Brazil trip, right? I don't know. But let's go to Brazil and we'll talk about what we do know what happened there. He officially lived there with his sister and mother from 2008 to 2011. He did get into the drag scene, but then photos and videos have shown that he regularly performed in drag in Brazil during previous three years as well. But why did he move? He moved to Brazil after two decades of life in Queens. Surely it wasn't just to do drag. Again, this is my favorite part. This is the only redeeming quality of him is that he rocked drag. Yeah. By that point, RuPaul's Drag Race was already on the air, and he lived in New York City where the queer ballroom culture was born. Whatever the reason, he felt more comfortable being himself in Brazil. He was photographed in drag as early as 2005 in Brazil's first ever gay pride parade. Santos has laughed off the claim that he was a drag performer, uh, saying, quote, I was not a drag queen. I was young, and I had fun at a festival. Sue me for having a life. Uh, we have a, a quick clip of this. Oh. Congressman, were you ever, you were you ever a drag queen to the in Brazil? <laughs> no, I was not a drag queen in Brazil, guys. I was young and I had fun at a festival. Sue me for having a life. <laughs> I would love to sue him for having a life. Um, I, I'll take him up on that. Well, RuPaul also said it. I, I'm not a drag queen. I'm the queen of drag. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> RuPaul did say that. I think, yeah, I think he meant it as like, I didn't, all I did was like throw on a dress, put a little lipstick on, do my yeah. hair one time. <laughs> that's not a drag Shave queen. Shave my body. Shave my body. <laughs> like, that's not a drag queen. I just did something cute for the gram real yeah, quick. Just a little, mm. Yeah. That's, I think he's telling the truth there. It sounds like Vito. Could be, yeah. Vito and the Sopranos, you know. Yes, like, yes. Oh, it's yeah. not, it's just a thing. You Dip know, it in you know it's, we're just having fun. Yeah. What's the big deal? I'm Tony Santos. 
And I do believe there is an argument for this. Well, he, he was competing in, in Brazilian drag beauty pageants. It's not as if he had started at the house of DeVolder. His drag persona was unsophisticated. He lacked the big wigs, contouring, and padding that transformed the queens we've come to know and love in popular culture. But he had a name. After All lipstick right. went on his lips and a little on his teeth, he became Kitara Havachi. Oh. Oh. Maybe Katari Avachi is the one that graduated. Yes, we have to look at that. Did anyone look up that name? Dear CNN, (laughs) your research team neglected to search under the name Katara Havachi. (laughs) Please email us at fraudsterslpn at gmail.com when you have done your job and figured this out. But no matter how bad your makeup is, the result is relief from your mundane life to enjoy the feeling of being an improved version of yourself and to be around people that celebrate you for it. But being a gorgeous drag queen is not a crime, guys. Not in Brazil, anyway. Tennessee, though, definitely. Definitely a problem in Tennessee. A gorgeous drag queen? Uh, have you seen the photos? Have you seen? I love, I love uh, drag performers uh, because they're like really, really good comedians. Yes. They're all good at, yes. They're all good at crowd work and improv. I always say that being I, a drag queen is the hardest thing because you have to be funny. You have to have like the makeup, the hair, the outfits, and then you hope to get a couple tips. Like it's, yeah. it's a, my my go to first date in college would be to take a girl to lips. Yeah. In the yeah. East Village. Huh. First date always. Because if you didn't laugh at drag bingo or drag wheel of fortune, or like had a good time at a drag show, the rest of me is going to upset you. Mm, okay. Because it's just, it's going to be a problem, you know? <laughs> and also like a good improvised dirty joke. It's like yeah. you're incapable of laughing. If yeah. You <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you are joyless if you don't find what's going on to be like great. Yeah. I just emailed a I just emailed a drag queen to come host with me, but it's you know there's always suspicion because I, I think people everyone thinks I'm some kind of weird guy on a DL. Mm. Where oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. come perform with me. I'm I'm interested in you as an artist, and I think you're great. <laughs> like this sounds I like a trap. Babe. I am a this professor, a PhD. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I mean, oh. here's the crime, and it's a crime here, there, and and literally everywhere. It's check fraud, and this has been the focal point of his time in Brazil. In June 2008, which is basically as soon as he got to Brazil, from what we can tell, he stole a notebook from his mother's purse that belonged to a dead man that his mother had been taking care of. Okay. He died why? in 9-11. Yeah. <laughs> as she was riddled with cancer, <laughs> taking care of, of another man. Refusing <laughs> government payouts. Incredible. What a woman. So. So his mother had this dead guy's checkbook. Why? We don't know. <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's. But I, <laughs> <laughs> but I can assume Georgie Boy had to learn his craft from someone. Why not his dear old mom? So this is one of the things that I think a lot of people aren't talking about is that I think, we think, let me postulate mm. that his mother was a scammer. And yeah. taught him the dark arts at an early age. Yeah, probably those years that he's missing, they were just bounce around doing fraud stuff. You know how you have doing to have kind scams. of a prop to to do scams. Yeah. Like sometimes people have a dog. She probably had her kids. There you go. 
and you're a woman, you got to hustle. You know, yeah, you might, yeah. if there's no, there's no, the, the dad bounced, right? Yeah. 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 So, so you're an immigrant woman, you know, you learn, you got to learn how to hustle and take care of people in New York City. Like, right. I mean, that's plausible. Yeah. So he charged $700 at the Salt, which is apparently a luxury retailer specializing in imported fashion. I couldn't find it online. There's a weird Salt attire thing, but rest assured, I'm sure he bought some fancy stuff. Mm -hmm. He left that store looking divine, and later when the store tried to cash the checks, it was revealed, of course, that the account had been closed due to the owner of the account being dead. Maybe at the hands of Santos's mother. I don't know. I'm allowed to ask a question. Okay, we're a research-based podcast. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I'm asking a research These question. These are just theories. Okay, theories. She might have murdered satire, <laughs> satirical theories. Mother's a murderous fraudster. I'm sorry. I don't mean that. We have no evidence. No evidence. We yeah. No evidence. This is just hey. One of the purchases he gifted to his then boyfriend, who tried to exchange the shoes at the store a few days later. <laughs> Uh, I wonder if he got, like, a gift receipt. I don't know. Santos obviously had to share the details of the scam with his boyfriend, and then the boyfriend was confronted at the store. So embarrassing. <laughs> and then a police report was filed. The police interviewed Santos and his mother and coaxed out a confession from both of them. For good measure, during his interview, he lied to the police that he was what? A teacher. <laughs> I teach at Baruch College. I'm, I think I'm, I'm figuring out his lies a little bit better now. Like it, it really is whoever he's talking to. Because if you're, if you are talking to the police, a teacher seems like a sympathetic figure, right? It seems like, oh, I'm helping kids out. Mm. Like I, I think that he's really good at just deciphering like what that person wants to hear in that moment, and he then decides. Yeah, oh, that is like a special ability yeah. to find out what that. That yeah, angle is. We're both underappreciated public servants that deal with the madness that is the New York City public. Yep. Yeah. That's, yep. That, that, yeah. That. Yeah. Just like you. A hundred percent. Oh, I'm. Oh, I'm getting into the George Santos psyche. So the Rio de Janeiro prosecutors charged Santos with estelionato. I don't know how to speak Portuguese. I'm sure I mispronounced this, but that's fraud in Portuguese, mm. and. What I love is that I, I looked up in their penal code, Article 171, if the fraud is actually against a vulnerable person, the penalty can be raised by a third. Mm. So look at that. Interesting. Other people have our same ethos, which is pretty cool. Uh, he could get a fine or one to five years in prison for this or a little bit of both. We don't know yet. The timeline, though, is a little weird here, too, because he wasn't served until December 2011 after the case had been taken up by the courts in September of 2011. I don't know what happened in those three years. It usually takes a long time to be charged. That's why I was kind of looking at the penal code, like, is it a civil crime or a criminal offense? But it just looks like it took them a while. And so, you know, who knows? This is a debate. Like, uh, do you want to go to Brazilian jail or American jail if you're George Santos? It's probably American jail, right? Because they have a celebrity yeah. wing that's where Brazilian – Maybe Brazil doesn't have, like, the same celebrity. I, think, I remember reading a article that in a couple Brazilian jails, they were giving them ayahuasca to kind of oh, get over the criminal – Yeah, aspects to, like, get some mm -hmm. empathy around uh, what had happened. I, so then I will maybe go if to he did, Brazilian jail, yeah. please. yeah. Yeah, I think we could just do ayahuasca in a lot different of a setting, Ariel. If that's if you're trying to, you're trying to like, yeah. If you want to go to Neptune, I'll get you connected. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be the guy in Rio de Janeiro jail though. 
<laughs> Why not? Got some heavy, I got some, got some heavy hitters in that town. <laughs> yeah. I definitely don't want to be Kitara in a Rio de Janeiro prison. That's for no. sure. No, Guitar wasn't no. there. Anthony was, though. Yeah. Tony. 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 All right, so eventually he comes back to Queens, and just as Eddie Murphy's African prince came to Queens looking for a wife, George Santos came back to Queens looking for a new life. He returned to the U.S. before the authorities could stop him in late 2011. Presumably, he came with no job and no money, but he seemed to find his footing pretty quickly. From October 2011, and for nearly a year, he worked at a Dish Network call center, like satellite dish, like the TV thing. His job utilized his ability to speak fluently in both English and Portuguese, and being at a call center really actually is the only job that I find fits his skills. Yeah, he should do that. No, I think he could be a, a host at RuPaul's Drag Race. I think he would also be there good we go. at that. He's 23 at this point, but we don't have a record of any formal employment for Santos until this point. Ready for the best side hustle in history. His next job, and this is a job, would be marrying a woman named Adla Vieira, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced it, in a green card scam in 2012. I say it was his next job because there's definitely a market for this, and also Santos's roommate at the time claims that Santos tried to get him to marry a Brazilian woman because he could make a lot of money doing it. He's just trying to help. <laughs> like he's one of those guys on on social media that's like, like take my like class on how to do a side hustle. <laughs> <laughs> he was just trying to share it with his with his roommate. <laughs> anyway, Santos's fraudulent wife filed for divorce five months later and requested judicial intervention a month after that. The case was discontinued in December, which sounds like Santos just ghosted the situation. See, I told you he wasn't gay. Let's go. <laughs> And, and yeah, but also it's like that's how intolerable she found it. It's like not in her interest for immigration status to even get divorced that soon. Like, yeah. like it's so hard. It's not like you get married and then you just become a citizen. Like they check up on you. They ask like about your sexual habits. They ask you about seeing each other's families. They ask you for photos. So for yeah. her to be like, I can't even go through with this anymore. It's like tells Very you something. Hard. Yeah. We got a clip with the roommate. Let's go to that. It's from CBS. George Santos is whoever you want him to be at whatever time you want him to be. Just that simple. I called him the Anna Delvey of Queens. Gregory Morey says he first met the future New York congressman nearly a decade ago. He never went by George, never went by Santos. I knew him as, you know, Anthony DeVolder. Um, from Jackson Heights, Queens. Maury befriended the outgoing young man, even moving in with him for a few months in New York City. He was a very interesting person. We hit it off right away. He says Santos told him he had his sights set on Congress. He told me once that if I can get elected to Congress for just one term, I will be set with a pension and health care for the rest of my life. And when he heard his former roommate actually achieved that goal, he was stunned. And I was like, you got to be, no, 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 this can't be. No, 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 George Sant, no, 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 no. That just it blew my brain. I was just, it's like that emoji on your iPhone. You know, like the. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. This guy, and this guy, we'll show the video on our YouTube page, which is, but will be the last podcast network YouTube page. Um, we'll show it, but this guy was pitched the green card marriage. So yeah, exactly. I'm like, this is the person you tell your grandma is your roommate, but really you together. That's really what's happening yeah. here. 
Also, that is I love said. George Santos because end of the day, he never gave up on his dreams. His dream was to be in Congress and be set for life. And you know what? Damn it. If he didn't do it. Did. He's definitely going to make money no matter where he goes now. Yeah. Yeah. He'll get a podcast on Compound Media after all this is over. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do like the idea of just very gay men uh, having fake marriages to Brazilian women. <laughs> like my stereotype of just, you know, some like voraciously sexy Brazilian woman. Like, oh, you know, George, he, I can't get enough from George over here. <laughs> George fully looking like a mannequin, full beat face. <laughs> yeah. I think the problem is George's sex drive is becoming a a problem. (laughs) Okay, then in 2013, he went back to a real job. Okay, whatever that is. And for the next four years working for Hotels Pro, that job took him to Orlando, Florida, where he registered to vote in the 2016 election. Who do you think our man voted for? Who knows? Who knows? After that job, he moved to Linkbridge Investors. Now, remember them. They're going to be important later. A company that connects investors with fund managers. Sounds like a really cool company that makes a difference. Anyways, this work history is, I believe, I think, hopefully real. I mean, the Linkbridge thing, you'll see in the indictment when we talk about it next episode, whatever that is, there's something real happening there. What may not be so real is the next stuff. Santos listed himself as vice president of Linkbridge through (laughs) (laughs) in 2019. The president of Linkbridge testified in a lawsuit that Santos was a freelancer who worked on commission. A company press release called him New York regional director. He declared $55,000 on his congressional financial disclosure forms. And this would be his last real job mm-hmm. before turning to full crime. 55K in New York, that's not going to get you a house in the Hamptons, honey. No. Even if you're not paying rent, yes, that's right. George had a habit of not paying his rent and fucked over a lot of people. <laughs> One of them was his friend Peter Hamilton, from whom Santos borrowed $5,000 to move in with his boyfriend in 2014. Santos predictably ghosted Hamilton shortly after. In 2015, Hamilton took Santos to small claims court, but Santos threw every excuse he could at the judge. In fact, he had already repaid the loan. And also, it wasn't even a loan. It was a gift. And he had already paid it back anyway, since that's what you do with gifts. Hamilton won, obviously. But... Hamilton never got any money in the settlement. Damn. I really wish I would have seen that episode of Judge Steve Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> now, but your ass, Goon. What, what's your name? What? 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 Yo, yo. What? 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 You, you, you done lost your damn mind coming in here. <laughs> so what do I call you? T- Anthony? George? What? Uh, huh? Huh? <laughs> Surveys. You forget what show he's on. (laughs) George probably needed five grand because uh, right before he asked for it, he and his mother and sister had been evicted after failing to pay three months of rent. The family was evicted yet again from another place in 2015 after falling delinquent on over $2,000 in rent. Santos was evicted yet again in 2017 from a place in Sunnyside after digging a hole to the tune of $12,000. Let me be super clear here. In a 
a tenant benefiting state like New York and one like New York City, it is really, really hard to get evicted. Yeah. Really hard. Like you could be, you could post up for a long time. New York City does not make a habit because of the tenement days from long ago. There, the pendulum shifted and swung all the way back to renters, and it's hard to get evicted. There's only there's only one place in the country that has like more tenant friendly laws. That uh, is like Oakland. In Oakland, it's like illegal to pay your rent. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, it's it's super hard. It's like yeah, getting kicked out of an apartment in New York City. You you really have to You really have to fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the difference. Until 2015 the crimes were light, soft fraud if you will. <laughs> the debt was relatively small. How did how did he manage 12k in debt before getting evicted in 2017? Fornet's probably a bigger apartment. He was scaling up at the time. One thing that happened in that time, which caused a seismic shift for him, was that his mother died in 2016. Before his mother's death, his crimes had been, let's just be honest, lazy. Not paying rent. That's not something you have to really plan for or strategize for. You just have to just not pay your rent. That crime is easy to understand. Check fraud. He saw an opportunity. He took it. Crime of opportunity, right? He didn't plan an elaborate scheme. He just saw a checkbook. His mom should never have had in the first place, but if he hadn't seen it, he wasn't going to look for it. But after his mother's death, something shifts in George, at least from what we can tell. In 2016, he falls in love with Donald Trump. Maybe Trump and his mother had some things in common. We know what type of person George Santos grew up to be. Surely there has to be some of his mom in him. Brazilian familial relationships are a lot different than in the United States. In fact, a third of the Brazilian population under 34 years old still live at home with their parents. He moved to another country to be with her even as an adult. Surely there has got to be some connection here to George's casual relationship with crime. Why did his mom have this dead man's checkbook? (laughs) <laughs> no she taught him she taught him how to survive like she taught him how to survive it's like in a yeah. in a in a in a alternate retelling of this it could be this sweet story right of this single immigrant mother who's teaching like her gay son how to like survive you know yeah. what i mean no. and like no why yeah. is your penis on a dead girl's phone <laughs> <laughs> where did george learn that not paying your rent and being serially evicted was a possible way of life. Even with a full-time job, George wouldn't pay his rent. Why pay it? I get that. I get I get that fraud. I get that. Because if like I, you, know, you could just keep bouncing around, don't pay your rent. I mean, especially if you have the like the protection. I, you know, it's just so funny because I've rented an apartment in Queens and the level of background checks that I went through just to get my two apartments in Astoria. Yeah. Yeah, but if he's it's, like fully lying and has fraudulent paperwork and stuff, we don't know how uh, sophisticated he is with some of the yeah. the uh, yeah. uh, forgery he's doing, you know? <laughs> no matter the level of involvement from his mother or anyone else, when she died, he became more brazen and more powerful. In our next episode, we talk about how he takes his crimes from petty to organized. We're going to get into everything. The fake dog charity, right? Mm-hmm. I said that. I literally just said that. <laughs> dog charity. I'm just going to say it again. The fake dog charity, okay? The credit card skimming operation and the many questions surrounding every aspect of his finances. 
Like, why did he broker a boat deal between two millionaires one month before he won the election? I don't know. These episodes are double-packed with more fraud than you can shake a stick at. So next week, George Santos, part two, will also go over his indictment, and it's going to be crazy. Guys, thank you for joining us again for season four. Thank you for listening. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Keep the conversation going with us on Twitter, Instagram, at LPN. Follow me and Ariel on Twitter, at CNNL, and Ariel at Ariel Lieti. Follow Justin Williams on Instagram at Justin underscore Williams underscore comedy. Check out the show notes for our social media links so you can follow us and see the resources we use for this episode. Make sure to join the Discord as well. Frosters is hosted by me, Cena Gazdavi, Justin Williams, and Ariel Lieti. Frosters is produced by Jordan Aconcia, written by Nick Turner, and edited by Ryan Connor. Noreen Malik is our production coordinator. Research was provided by Patrick Fisher. Legal research by Robert Resigliano. Music by Grant Gordon. The executive producer is me, Sina Gaznavi. This has been a production of Zero Cool and the Last Podcast Network. 